0: They always talk about that morning and evening routine, and it always involves self-care, whether it's meditation, breathing, stretching, journaling, yoga. If you bookend your day with self-care, that m- means that whatever happens in the middle of the day, you are it's already a bonus.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to We're Momming today. If you're listening on a smart speaker or website, make sure to find me, Lauren Simonetti, on your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And don't forget to leave me a review. We're momming today with Kelly Calabrese, who has a long list of qualifications, including mother, health coach, entrepreneur, author, public speaker, and most recently, divorcee. Kelly, thanks for joining us on We're Momming today.
0: It is my pleasure. Thanks, Lauren.
1: Tell me your story. What happened to you on your 49th birthday?
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I was married for 24 years, and it was so important to me to you know, be a wife and a mom, and my marriage was so important to me. In fact, I have a best-selling book called Mom and Dad Paneurs. I am all about family. There is virtually no divorce in my family. And my husband of 24 years came home and said, my commitment to our marriage is zero. And he moved out. And several months later, on my 49th birthday, I got served with divorce papers. So it was just absolutely excruciatingly painful, devastating. I mean, talk about just rejection, fear. I mean, it was just really, really awful. Um, And that was, well, about two years ago now that he actually moved out. So... It's been a process of healing since then.
1: A two-year process of healing. And um, you're more fortunate than others because being an entrepreneur, being a businesswoman, an author, all your titles, you had the fortune where you could take time, turn inwards. Um, Tell me about your journey towards recovering from this uh, shock, this life change.
0: It was, you know, I really lined my identity up with, you know, who I was in my industry and, you know, being a wife, being a mom, even the neighborhood I lived. I mean, all the status things that we kind of align ourselves with as a businesswoman and entrepreneur, and it really felt like it was all just ripped out from under me pretty swiftly because my children were at the age where they were at the last years of high school and moving to college. So they certainly don't need you as much. And, you know, you prepare for that. I definitely was not prepared for divorce. And I'm just a knowledge person. You know, I love to learn and I want to understand and be better. And so I dove in and I started looking up, you know, divorce recovery, divorce care, and, you know, everything I could learn about divorce. I read books. I went to literally an eight week course called Divorce Recovery at my church. And I went to um, retreats and Bible studies. I did energy work, breath therapy. I mean, I really, you know, we did girls trip. I surrounded myself with really wise people. I did go to counseling and I made it my job. I mean, I was journaling, reading, just doing anything I could to um, really look at who am I, you know, in this world? How do I get free from this past that's really become so painful. Um, And then how do I be the best version of me? You know, how do I have trusting relationships again? How do I get away from this grief and sadness and feeling of unworthiness and rejection? And so um, I have focused on doing that. I've done a lot of uh, meditation, affirmations, and, um, you know, just Thankfully, as you said, because I was an entrepreneur, I have income even when I'm not working. So it allowed me to take the season and be there for my kids and to really heal.
1: What worked best out of everything that you did? What, what really resonated in, in helping you just to feel better?
0: That is a great question. There were a couple of things. One is that someone actually walked me through breaking off my soul tie To my ex husband. Like I could physically feel the breaking of that heart and soul connection. And that was really amazing. Another was the breath work. My body was just holding so much trauma. One of my friends who's amazing, Dr. Amy, um, she's in Phoenix and she came to town and she did a 90 minute session with me. And I could almost feel like my body didn't want to get the trauma out. Like I couldn't even. Exhale. It was just so intense. But after 90 minutes with her, I left there and my lungs were working, my ribs were expanding. I mean, I could just feel a physical difference. Um, I had some amazing people, you know, just sort of prophesy things over me about a very bright future. So that was helpful. A woman's retreat that I did really, I left there so free. She was so good at really, you know, having sort of a, a mother heart that was kind and nurturing, but also a father heart where she was like, okay, now we need to move on. And here's the tools you need to do it. So, you know, little by little, I kind of peeled back the layers and also understanding relationships, studying marriage and owning my part in it, because, you know, it's, it happens in a moment where your husband comes home and says, my commitment to our marriage is zero, but it's a slow fade. So you need to look back and go, wow, what is a man really looking for? What was I really looking for? And how did we miss it? So looking back, did
1: did you, you know, when you were were forced to, to think about it, were there warning signs?
0: Um, I would say there. I mean, when I met my husband, I was 22, he was 33. I was, you know, at a point in my life where I just finished three science degrees, I was just getting into my industry, I had money in the bank, I was always, you know, very hard worker. And looking back, I would say to all the single ladies, selection is so important. And wow, I wish someone would have just taken me and literally shook me because there just wasn't a lot of, a whole bunch of good evidence going on in, in his life. He was funny and fun and you know, there's always something we're attracted to, but wow, you know, looking back now, uh, selection is very important. So I, I think it was a combination of things that he felt like he married up, you know, and, and never could live up to who I was and what my expectations were. So he didn't really love himself very much. And I think he just, you know, kind of got tired of feeling like he had to change or he could never live up to that. And, you know, men want to be respected. That's the number one thing they want. And To be honest, he was a difficult man to respect. Um, and women want to feel secure. And I never had that feeling of security with him.
1: Amazing. And out of all this, you actually
0: launched a new brand. I did, yeah. And it, it's been a process because I needed to become it myself before I could launch it. So it is definitely, it wasn't something that I could rush because the grief cycle, you know, is a process. You need to go through the anger, the sadness, the depression, you know, you, and you can't really rush it. I mean, looking back, I believe I could have done it faster and I certainly want to help other women do it faster. But the new brand is called Intentionally fabulous. And I really want to help women just be fearless in the pursuit of what sets their soul on fire. So many women are in fear and so many women don't even know what sets their soul on fire because they've just been so pressed down by, you know, the burdens of the world. And, you know, right now we're in such a time of fear and and being stuck and struggle and unknown and So just helping women, especially, to come out of that and be present in a healthy place that excites them, where they wake up every day like a kid going on a field trip.
1: I want to talk more about eliminating those burdens after this. We're back on We're Momming today with Kelly Calabrese. And Kelly went through a long journey to become intentionally fabulous. And she is working with other women to help them get through traumas and and life changes and experiences. And, you know, I I feel this all the time in my life too. You're just worried about so many other things and everyone says self-care is important, self-care is important, but you know, you worry about making dinner, that your kids are okay, that you're, you know, getting all your your work done. They often overlook a lot of things that um, you shouldn't overlook. Is that, is that what you're trying to say when you say we need to eliminate some of those burdens?
0: Well, I mean, there's only so much resource to go around in terms of a mom's time and energy. So it helps to know your priorities, like what's, the most valuable thing in your life. And um, you know, your husband should actually come before your children. So that gets reversed a lot of times. And that becomes the demise of a lot of marriages because the kids get put first. And yes, of course, you need to meet your kids needs and care for them and nurture them and train them and all of that. But just keeping things in order really helps to prioritize um, things in your life. But if the self-care isn't there, you can't give what you don't have. So if you're a Feeling, you know, your energy is low. You're depressed. You're feeling not beautiful and unworthy and sad and in grief. And how can you possibly give and nurture your husband or children when you're feeling that way? So, um, a simple commandment: love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you can't love your neighbor, you know, if you don't love yourself first. So it's like the oxygen mask thing: put yours on and then help the other people to do that. So we need to manage our lifestyle. We've never lived in a busier time than right. Now, where the world is just coming at us so fast, we're in information overload, and we need to put boundaries on all of that and say, okay, how much time am I going to spend on social media? How much time am I going to binge Netflix? And we're in control of our 24 hours. So it's up to us to really prioritize. And block it in your calendar, literally have time for your husband, yourself, your children. We tend to like to do the things that are kind of nice and fun and easy, but not do the things that are most valuable and urgent and quality things that are the most impactful and keep us moving forward. Because most of what we do after the age of 35 is on autopilot. And I'm It's true. Um,
1: just, can you maybe translate everything you're saying into someone's real life? Because, you know, everyone says self-care is so important. Self-care is so important. But honestly, Kelly, I feel guilty in the olden days taking a yoga class because you really can't do that anymore. Um, or, you know, taking a hot bath for a half an hour. I feel selfish and I feel guilty. And I think a lot of women might feel like that.
0: Yeah, you, you definitely shouldn't. I personally have always been a morning exerciser. If you look at the success habits of super achievers, and there are so many books out there on this for both men and women that they interview, you know, what the world would consider successful people. They always talk about that morning and evening routine, and it always involves self-care, whether it's meditation, breathing, stretching, journaling, yoga. If you bookend your day with self-care, that means that whatever happens in the middle of the day, you're—it's already a bonus because you have, you know, taken care of yourself and your needs. You might need to get up a little bit earlier, or you know, stay up a little bit later if you need to in, in a season of your life where kids are little and there's high demands. But it, it really is so valuable to do. So for me, I exercise first thing in the morning, and those little eyes—they're watching you. They see mom getting up and exercising. They know it's mom's time to go do yoga. And they need to see that because you're teaching them. They're going to get to high school and college and so on at some point, And they will have watched what you did and that they saw this frenzied mom who just constantly gave and gave and gave. They want you to have fun. They want you to take care of yourself. Even little ones want to see that mom does that because you're training them. So then what happens? They're 18. They go off to college. You're spent. You are wiped out. You've sent this kid off and they're going to repeat what mom did. So I I love
1: that. And I never heard it put like that. Bookend your day with self-care. Because for me, I've always struggled with making time for it because I feel guilty that I'm taking time away from my kids. But you're right. If you wake up earlier or go to bed later, there's ways to do it. I love that. Um, You know, and the fact that this is coming from you carries weight because when you moved to Texas a few years ago, you moved there, you said, with 13 different streams of income. That is just so impressive.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I wake up every day. I've been in fitness, nutrition, wellness, I've been a health coach for 34 years. So I wake up every day fully excited to help people be well. I mean, my desire is for everyone. To be in good health at all times. So, when I get opportunities to write or speak or consult or edit or train trainers, um, you know, it just, I want to say yes if I can. And because of that, I was able to develop um, different, you know, books and fitness programs and do media work and, you know, do a variety of things and, you know, just like you, when you do things well, you're in demand. You know, people call you, they want you to represent them. So, um, yes, that, it was a beautiful thing. It was a little bit chaotic, but it's just kind of how I'm wired. I can manage that many things. So um, it was good.
1: But in all honesty, you don't really wake up every day ready to take on the world. Or do you? I mean, you have to fake it sometimes or force it sometimes, or is that truly how you start each day?
0: Well, in the last two years, it you know was a little bit different for me. It was rough. I mean, my brain, it, I was almost like in PTSD. I mean, really like fogged over. But even still, like I so desire to be productive. That's just how I'm wired. I'm wired very high responsibility. And so I feel a responsibility to help people be well so I love to be productive. I mean, when I finish my day and I look at how I spent it, um, part of my identity is in producing something that you know helps other people be well. But in the last two years, it's been painful for me not to be in high productive mode, but it was almost like I owed myself because I drove yeah. hard for so long that I had to get to a point where it was okay to be still.
1: And, and that's, that was interesting to me because being such a type A personality and an achiever that, that you are, when you had to really look inward to, to overcome trauma, that, that shook you. That, that took you off the, the pattern of life that you knew for decades. And then I, I'm assuming it added some sort of pressure or motivation that, hey, I really need to fix myself right now because other people want my advice and, and look to me as as being someone who can achieve and does achieve.
0: Absolutely, because you do feel like a failure. You feel like a fraud. I mean, I went through all of that where I just, you know, beat myself up. And at some point, you know, I was as I was reading about forgiveness because I wanted to forgive my ex husband, which has, you know, been a challenging thing to do. He was pretty quickly, you know, within a month of our divorce, he was engaged and a few months later remarried. So there was just so much trauma in the last two years but I needed to forgive myself. And that, I mean, lots of tears were shed, you know, because that was just hard for me um, to do. But I just decided that I need to be vulnerable and I need to get this message out there because there's probably other women like me who, you know, walk around for a long time and, and feel like a failure or they get back into a similar unhealthy relationship and um, you know, I don't want people to repeat the same things. I want them to learn from them and be better. So I needed to do it myself if I was going to help other people because 54% of people are divorced from their first marriage.
1: How did your husband feel about, about you discussing this now?
0: Well, this is new. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I don't know if you know. This has been, I think, my second interview. So I don't know that he knows, but I mean, these are the facts. This is true. He wouldn't deny these things. None of them are untrue. And he's obviously moved on. He's remarried. And, um, you know, let's believe happily so. And, um, yeah, I didn't know that he thought, well, this will be Kelly's next platform. Like, she's going to go out and And get through this. And I didn't know it myself. It's only been, you know, a more recent decision. You know, I knew I wanted to, you know, help women with their health, but I didn't know if I was specifically going to niche divorce women. But in my own searching, there wasn't a lot out there. I mean, the divorce recovery class I did, that 12-week class was from the 1970s. Stop it. I'm not kidding. I and mean, then not that the content wasn't good, but you can't help but be distracted by the hair and the jewelry. And, you know, these were all, you know, great psychologists and counselors. But, you know, I'm like, where are all the cool women today who are giving the relevant information? So it, it, it there's a, a missing link. It needs to be done.
1: So, you know, as you met other divorced women, did you realize that you were all handling it very similarly, or did you find a wide range among wide
0: different range. people? In fact, when I moved out of my neighborhood, I was in you know a beautiful gated golf course, million dollar neighborhood. At within twelve months of me moving out, um, eight of my friends also moved out, also for divorce, also about the same age, also with kids about to go off to college, and that that's common at that age. But yes, I watched them all do it very differently. You know, some of them, um, you know, turned to wine or other men or escaped with drugs or you know, whatever. everyone is going to do something. Some women, you know, just totally stayed in and isolated themselves and you know, got really depressed. And um, and several of them are already remarried and dating. And so everyone does do it a little bit different. Um, you know, I can't say that I suffered the most, but. I know that I was just really hard on myself and I wanted to understand this, really really understand it and be well because I don't want to carry anything from the past into the future. I want to wake up and just be healthy and trusting and attract great people who are you know safe and loving and caring into my life and you have to have that energy or you know you're going to attract the same cycle of the old stuff.
1: And you have another change about to hit you. You're soon to be an empty nester.
0: Yes. Yes. So what do you think? Is that scary?
1: Is it sort of exciting? Is it completely, you know, unknown territory?
0: You know what? It is exciting. I mean, this you prepare for. This is expected. My kids are a year apart. So my son is um, going into his sophomore year of college studying kinesiology. He's actually up in New Jersey on the baseball team. Amazing young man. So proud of him. He just turned 20 last Sunday. And my daughter is about to go to a pre-nursing program as a freshman. She's also an equestrian. She does rodeo and Man, they are just smart and responsible. They are doers. And, you know, of course, their hearts are so hurt and they're handling it in their own way right now. And all that I can do is, you know, be a a strong example for them. And I know they'll have to deal with it as they're ready in terms of the divorce. But it's exciting for me because my calendar is pretty open. Um, You know, I, I, I love my new home and I'm in a good place, but I'm just really open to the excitement of the day. Um, it's really a blank slate. So um, I'll be connected to my kids and that's amazing. But I'm also excited for myself as much as for them.
1: Yeah, you know, and as you're saying this part of me, because I have very young children is like, wow, to just open your eyes and be able to do anything you want to do. It, so it, it sounds like, you know, <laughs> magic. But I, I wonder, does, does part of it scare you? Because a lot of people, or I should say myself, when I have more to do, when the to do list is just really packed, I'm at my best, I'm at my peak performance, I work better on deadlines, you know, in, in short periods of times, and I, I thrive when things are hectic. Maybe that's why I'm in this career as a, as, a, as an anchor and a reporter and a journalist, because we're deadline driven and success driven. But I, when I don't, I just find I'm slower on my slower days.
0: Me too. I totally agree. I thrive when every hour of my day is booked and I'm going from one thing to the next thing. And it's just great energy. And to be on like that is awesome. Um, But this is just a different season for me. There were nights that I would just cry because I was waking up and my calendar was blank in the morning and it was almost it was just unreasonable that things that were easy and effortless for me, whether it was you know a, a job, um, just an opportunity to work with someone or do something like the doors just kept slamming in place like it was almost just not even reasonable how I would you know someone would call me you know can you represent this product or can you you know you know consult with us for six months? and then the door would just slam and it would shut down so it was almost like i was being forced to be okay being alone and if you look at shows like alone where people are left alone you know they they start to go crazy like your mind is not you're not used to being alone with yourself so it's been something i've had to train myself on and you know you use that word fear Um, I need to train myself not to be in fear that it's okay to be alone and finding joy in those moments. So I'm spending more time with girlfriends and more time, you know, walking the dog or, you know, doing research or listening to podcasts, reading. So for the first time in my lifetime, I'm just giving myself permission to have an open calendar.
1: Well-deserved and congratulations. Thank you so much, Kelly, for joining us.
0: Thank you.